Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what? Hey, honey, good to be back. Nice to see you, handsome. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you. Good to see you. Carmen Welcome back. Europe. Yeah. Did you get any sun down there? No, not, no. not too much. A lot of sun, but you didn't get sun. A lot of sun, but didn't get a lot of sun. Did you have a parka on down there? I did not have a parka. On? I had a hooded sweatshirt on most of the time. Did you? Yeah. Or I one of these light hooded sweatshirts. Yeah, like this. That, yeah. The light yeah. hooded sweatshirt. I got you. Shorts and a uh, hooded sweatshirt. Yeah, it works. Kidding. Orlando was fun. Uh, it was a fun experience to be down at uh, Disney uh, with my kids being a little older. Right. Last time we what were they there, think? they had a blast. And like the last time they were there, they were really young. They were two and four, and right. didn't remember a ton. And it was you know you had to do all the character experiences. All they wanted to do was ride rides. It was great. Rode all the the fun rides, all the best rides. Star. I had never been to Star Wars Land. It was. T- Fantastic. Mm-hmm. When I was down there, it wasn't uh, available. Right, it wasn't it was open, being right. constructed. Right, yes. and it's really the they did a bang up job and the bang up the, job. the rides and the experiences there sure. are fun, and uh, it was a terrific time. Space Mountain, Space Mountain, we went on twice. Right, still, still a classic. Ah, it's that ride's be. like fifty years old, and it's oh, still absolutely. great. Absolutely, still good though. They got a new one next to it. It couldn't get on. The What's two long line. Tron. They got a Tron. Oh, they got experience. a Tron. Yeah. Oh, no cool. kidding. It looked really Imagine. Cool. Yeah. It looked good. Nice. Yeah, I didn't ride that one next well, time. Well, too bad. But it was fun. Yeah. And, um, you had a good time then. Had a good time. Family was together. Everybody had a good time. Everybody had a good time. The most impressive thing I saw from Carmen's uh, stuff, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Well, it wasn't really the full seven, but... Well, no, you know, I, get, I get it. But, but I made some fish. Enough. I saw yeah. that. Some mussels, you know. Yeah, yeah. Some clams, some, some calamari. calamari. Yeah, I saw it all. I, you know, I was trying to keep With my the, mom happy. little Italian stuff playing in the background. <laughs> you know, the music you chose. Andrea Bocelli. Did you like that? Yeah, it yeah. was Andrea Bocelli. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. You, yeah. You got to have some seafood on Christmas It's a big thing Eve. in Italy. It's a big thing in Italy. You um, know, for the Italians, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. I would imagine that in Italy... It still is. You didn't quite, have any bacala? No. no. Like my grandmother would always make that on Christmas Eve. Sure. That's, I, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm assuming there are even many Italian American families that probably keep the tradition alive. For whatever reason, we really haven't, as the old timers have sort of gone. And, you know, we just, well, it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. You're going to be an old timer coming up here pretty soon. I know. I am already yeah. an old timer. I think my mom the was appreciative guy, that I brought some seafood. The though. only guy that's going to keep the tradition going would be you. I know, yeah. You know, little Louie and Anthony ain't going to do nothing, no. right? Carm, you're the oldest brother. Maybe one of these days. It's incumbent upon you to keep the traditions alive. Maybe one of these Christmas Eves will, like, how about demanding? On. How about starting to demand excellence from your Italian-American yeah. family? Yeah. Let's demand some excellence. Like, full-on, like, yeah. blow it out. Yeah. All seven fishes. I'm talking about. You know? And in Italy, I'm assuming they do keep that branzino, maybe. You well, know? you're supposed to have branzino. I, that's yeah. why I mentioned it. Do you think I didn't mention it for a reason? Clams, I calamari, mentioned it. Yeah, branzino. Oh yeah. yeah. I feel like how I about some to... octopus? Oh sure, yeah. Oh yeah, you got to dip it three times. One. I didn't know that. Two. Tri- you, you're Italian. You don't know. I you got to dip it three that. times. I never heard then that. Then you put it in. I never heard that. You're Italian. You never heard never the heard octopus. That. You get it from Portugal too. The Portuguese octopus. Never heard that. The best, right? Harm. The best. One, two, three, 
And then you put your yeah, calamari in. Any Italians out there want to go no, ahead and confirm this for me? No, the octopus. The octopus, yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Any Italians out there, 312-332-3776. Yeah, you got to dip your octopus three times. I never And then that. you put it in the water. I'll do that next time I make octopus. Yeah. Now. I'll tell you that. Much. And then about 40 minutes. Yeah. 40 minutes, you got to keep the octopus in there, get nice and tender. Yeah, it's not like oh, cooking calamari, yeah. which no. cooks in a minute. Yeah. Know? No, no, no. Octopus. Um, how was the lamb yeah. for uh, Christmas? Excellent. For you? Was it good? Excellent. Yeah, lamb was fantastic, kid. Good. Listen, anytime you got lamb on a spit, I know. Makes you cry. It I'm going to be eating lamb for the next three days. That's how good it is. Good. Yeah. You got to know how to reheat it. It's good. It is good Delicious. enough to make you cry. Like a ah, slow so roasted good. lamb. It's so good. Right? It is so good. For people who don't like lamb, I feel for you. Mm. You know, it's not an acquired taste. The, P- the Greeks, the Croats, all the Balkans, everybody loves oh, it. sure. I everybody mean, loves the lamb. It's so good. It's so delicious. Very delicious. Yeah. Um, how was postgame the other day after a Bears victory? It was nice. Yeah? I mean, nice. I know you're in a better mood when they win. I, I'm in a better mood when they win. Did, the callers, it was Christmas Eve. The callers came in, some still with some concerns, and obviously there's always going to be concerns. Concerns for every quarterback in this league, the way they played this weekend. I, I mean, really? Yeah, every like, quarterback in this league like you, who had you a, have concerns with. Who had a great... There is like, no honestly, leading... Like, there, there's no leading MVP candidate this year. So You could put him in a hat and pull one, I'd say not a problem. So the new favorite after last night's debacle in San Francisco, uh, and this is relatively consistent across... I, I checked a few different sites... Lamar Jackson is the new, and that's not a surprise after Brock Purdy throws four interceptions. Lamar Jackson is your new front runner in terms of odds right now for NFL MVP at minus 200. Christian McCaffrey has surged to second in a lot of places, including points bet. Four to one. Josh Allen is all the way down to eight to one. Two is nine to one. Purdy falls back to 10 to one. He was the favorite going into last night. Dak is 25 to one, and Tyreek is 25 to one. When Yurko says there's no clear-cut favorite, this is wild. You've probably heard us talk about this before, right? This has very much become a quarterback award, okay? No running back has won this award since 2012. You remember who that was? He had over 2,000 rushing yeah, yards. Adrian Peterson. It was Adrian Peterson. Four running backs since 2000, Yurko. Four this century have won NFL MVP. They are Adrian Peterson. LaDainian Tomlinson. That's right. Can you guess the other two? Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. Uh, a guy we talk about a lot that was dominant for like three or four years that'll never even get a sniff for the Hall Priest of Fame. Priest Holmes. No, not Priest. Not, pr- not Priest And it's Holmes. a shame. Former Alabama running back. Playing in the Pacific Northwest. We talk about him all the time. Oh, Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander. Yeah, you forget about Sean Alexander. I mean, that's how great he was. He was great. Uh, Marshall Falk. And then Marshall Falk. Yeah. Only those four, okay? So it is very hard for a running back to win this award. McCaffrey's down to second. In 2019, Christian McCaffrey had almost 2,400 yards from scrimmage and 19 touchdowns. He didn't get a single vote. Not one. Now, they've changed the rules. They've made it more like baseball in the NFL. Last year was the first year they did it. You can now vote for multiple people. That used to not be the case. In 2019, Christian McCaffrey, again, had almost 2,400 yards from scrimmage, 19 touchdowns. He didn't get a vote. You know who got all 50 votes that year? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Lamar, and now it's the two of them again, neck and neck. McCaffrey didn't even win Offensive Player of the Year that year. It went to Michael Thomas yep. of the New Orleans Saints. In 2020, the very next year, Derrick Henry 
had over 2,100 yards from scrimmage and 17 total touchdowns. He didn't get a single vote. The only players that received votes that year were Aaron Rodgers, who won it, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Now, again, the voting has changed, so it's going to look a little bit different, but there really is no clear-cut favorite. Again, you got a guy that's minus 200, and then McCaffrey is 4-1. to one. I still don't see a running back winning it. I think ultimately it's going to be Lamar or Dak, depending on these next two weeks go, or probably Josh Allen, if anybody other than the two favorites right now, if Buffalo can win its last two games and Josh Allen plays well. I could see it being Josh Allen maybe, but nobody's stats really blow you away. Not any of the quarterback stats anyway, like Tyreek's stats blow you away and McCaffrey's stats kind of blow you away, but it's historically and traditionally been hard for those types of players to win it, especially in this day and age. No wide receivers ever won it. It's, it's hard for running backs in this day and age to win it. Their stats blow you away, but is there a quarterback out there right now whose stats completely overwhelm you? Or who's, forget about even their stats, Yerk. Like, just when you watch week in and week out, like you just said it, who totally blew you away at the quarterback position this weekend? Like, maybe Matt Stafford? I mean, yeah, like Stafford. Who, you know, like, but the problem is, there's nothing consistent over the course of the year. You know, there's nothing consistent. Tom Brady threw four interceptions in a game, guys. Yeah. That happens, yeah. right? It, it happens. So it, it happens right. to a lot. Dan Marino once threw six interceptions in a game. Okay? It happens. It You're happens. Right. You throw interceptions. You put the ball in the air, sometimes it gets intercepted. That's the way it works. So it's not like the greatest quarterbacks in the league have not had bad games. There's bad games to be had out there. Anytime you get out there, you venture onto a field in the NFL, there's a chance, an opportunity, you throw, you fire a dud. You know? You, you plant a big stink missile out there, yeah. and that's what you get. You just get a crappy performance. That does happen sometimes. But nobody is wowing the world this year. No, Nobody. nobody. Not, not, it's not, not, not one of these quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Nobody's on track for 45 touchdowns, right? No. Nobody's on track for 50. Remember 50 in the 16-game season? Yeah. I mean, that was something to behold and something special. Nobody's doing any of that. It just, well, whatever. Somebody's going to win this award this year, and it, it'll be like... Um, It'll be only because you were the one that survived. Like a survivor pool, really. Yeah. You didn't You didn't play great. You weren't fantastic. You didn't set the world on fire. You didn't set any records. But you survived. Like, you survived is what you did. Dak's stats might still be the best, Yerk. Yeah. But the last two weeks don't do him any yeah, favors, right? Put some stinkers up there. So Dak is going to go over 4,000 yards. He's already at 3,892 with two games to go. You mentioned nobody's on pace for 45, and you're right. Yeah. Dak still leads the league in touchdown passes. He's got 30 of them. To yeah. Seven interceptions. He's better than four to one. He's completing over 68% of his passes, seven and a half yards per attempt. Like Dak's stat and his, his quarterback rating is second best behind yeah. Purdy's. Purdy's they, is still 112. Right. But these Dax are is 104. Right. These are mid 90s numbers. That's where we're at now. Yeah. These I'm are sorry, Dak's third best, two a second, excuse me. Big, big 90s. And when I say why the stats are down, obviously they don't call interference anymore. What Joey Porter Jr. did in the end zone to number five the other day, where they, he was coming back to go get the ball, he was it. all over him. Was he? Oh, my God, it was horrific. For game? Terrible. And now they're showing it in slow-mo, right? And the ball's in the air, so they got it from the camera above the quarterback, where you watch it, 
And if that's not interference, I don't know what is then. Hmm. I have no idea what interference is. Joey Porter Jr. is all over him. All over him. One of his eyes, he's being tackled as he's extending. He can't get his left hand out there because it's being held back. Why do you think they're not calling it as I much? don't know. I don't know. I, if they recalibrated, if they said, hey, we don't want as much of this, we don't want. Contact after five yards is just a joke. Hmm. If you're not going to call, take the rule out of place. That way we don't pretend. Right. Defensive holding can be called on every single play. Defensive holding can be called on every single play. Every play. There's defensive holding going on in the secondary. Hmm. Every play. And it's being taught that way, right? So they tried to create the new norm. The new norm is, okay, we're going to allow defensive holding. We're going to allow contact. And then you wonder why quarterbacks can't find receivers and people are running Velcro man-to-man. Well, there's no open receivers. No open receivers because you can tug, pull, touch, grab. Doesn't make a difference. The five-yard rule doesn't exist anymore. Remember, they, they instituted that for a reason. Sure. To open up the passing game. Yeah, of course. Now it's like they ignore everything. I mean, it's brutal. It's a brutal, brutally officiated league. It is brutally officiated. It's got nothing to do with them being full-time or not. It's just got them with the, they're moving the standards back and forth, to what they like and what they don't like. Interesting. And, and completing the catch is back again. Uh, it's then crazy. Nobody ever told crazy. you about it. They didn't tell you about like, what it. What happened? They didn't come back and say we've reinstituted it. I thought we figured that out finally. I, I thought we did. It's back. They just don't say anything to anybody. But it's back. Completing the whatever they call it Completing now. Completing the process. Whatever. I we, I, I, what a crock. Didn't we figure that out a couple years ago? They, now we did. They took it away. Weird. It wasn't an issue. Who's your MVP in the NFL right now with two weeks to go? 312-332-3776. Yurko's been asking a question for weeks that I keep thinking about. I keep thinking about it over and over again in my head. And we've got a big data sample now, and I still don't know the answer. And I want to talk about that with you coming up next. It's it's Bears-related. If you want to talk football with us, 312-332-3776. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Carmen and Yurko back a couple days this week. You're ready for the end of the year. We're rolling into 2024. How about what that? the heck? How about that? Happy Boxing Day to all of our uh, Canadian friends. Big day in the EPL today and yeah, tomorrow, right? They now? always play Boxing Day. Always, yeah. They're always out there for Boxing Day. But do they, they, they celebrate? I thought Boxing Day was like a Canadian thing. They celebrate that in, in England, too? I, I imagine that's where it came from. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. The original I, Boxing Day, I believe, from, comes from England. Comes yeah. From, comes from China. Yeah. 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 Not not because people like to box. No, but it's the day after Christmas. You put all the boxes together and you go out and you. The old days used to burn them. That's exactly right. You used right. to burn them, right? The yeah. boxes. Burn the boxes. Yeah, burn the boxes. Air quality was a little low back then. I bet it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have asked this question for weeks. I feel like, and I. What I, question I, is it? The, the, the question is not. No, I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. What is the question? You keep at you asked it for the first time. It was weeks ago. You said, 
Can Justin Fields be as good Thank you. as Lamar Jackson? And if I the answer you. is yes, yes, obviously you're moving forward with Justin yes, Fields. Yes, absolutely. Is it crazy that I still don't know if he can be? Like, I don't think he's as good as Lamar Jackson, and I don't know that he can be as good as Lamar Jackson. Somebody's been doing, like, the side-by-side of their last 17 games. If you look at their stats, how similar. Uh, I'll just tell you this. And I don't know how much stock you want to put in quarterback rating, but Lamar Jackson's career quarterback rating, his career quarterback right, is 96.8. Justin Fields' career quarterback rating is 81.4. That is a... That's a big disparity. Big disparity. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's career touchdown to interception ratio is 2.7 to 1. Right. 2.7 touchdowns for every interception thrown. Justin Fields's is 1.3. He's not even one and a half to one. It's abysmal. And how, you know, and Justin Pottinger was with us today. He was, he, it's been going around social media. He was showing us again, if you look at their last 17 games, how similar the stats are. And Lamar's the MVP front runner, and Justin Fields is 200 to one to be MVP. Their teams are very different. The situations are very different. I get it. But even with their last 17 games being eerily similar in terms of just raw numbers, I don't think he's close to being as good as Lamar Jackson. And and how long are we supposed to wait before he's as good as Lamar Jackson? I don't know, Yerk. I mean... Well, I mean, you're answering the question for me. I asked that question the last three, four weeks. Is he as close to Lamar Jackson as you think? And if the answer is no, I, I can tell you this, wide receivers need service. Wide receivers need to have the football delivered to them by the quarterback. And I think then, uh, because I believe they're equal runners, I believe yeah. they're equal runners. I, I'd even maybe, say Justin might be more dangerous. Okay, I was going to say, with a younger, healthier Justin, maybe a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. But I'm worried that Lamar Jackson is crystal clear, maybe a better passer. Than Fields. I That's think, what you worry about. Yeah. And what's the disparity? And when you bring out QB ratings like that, the interception. Remember, the interception ratio is part of the QB rating. Mm. So you could say, and one of the big reasons there's the disparity that, is the yeah. touchdown, yeah. the interception ratio, yeah. which is you know, which is important. And touchdown percentage yeah. is important in the QB rating, That's that kind true. of thing. So yeah, completion percentage, obviously a big part of that also. So yes, yeah, yeah, but. Guess who gets to answer that question? So the question then becomes this. Do you have the offensive coordinator? Mm. Is Luke Getzey the guy that gets the best out of him? Or is Luke Getzey the guy that can sit there and tell you exactly what limitations? I found the limitations in Justin Fields' game. And those limitations are... He is not comfortable back there with time. He's not. To survey the field. He is not comfortable. Not. He is very uncomfortable. Okay? That's, that's, it, that's it's the factual. truth. It is so accurate, Eric. Okay? It is so accurate. Now, a lot, of, a lot of people have happy feet, but usually you get smacked in the face a couple of times, and even the great Tom Brady had, had happy feet. His feet be dancing all over the place when he thought he was going to get smacked. Okay? That, that happens. But he certainly is uncomfortable and sometimes i say in spite of lugetsi and in spite of the limitations at the quarterback position just feels still intriguing damn prospect he's still intriguing 
Just how intrigued are you? Right. Especially considering they're in all likelihood going to have the top pick. And uh, uh, with all likelihood, I'm looking at Justin Fields trying to play the best. So I've kind of, I haven't switched anything. I've, I'm hoping he plays the best football he possibly can in the last two games. I hope there's somebody out there that's in love with him. That's what I'm hoping for. And then the Bears have options. That's it. That's it. That's what I've gone with now. He's probably... If they keep him, I'm fine. If they trade him, I'm fine. If they draft somebody with the first pick in the, in, in the draft, I'm fine. I'm fine with a lot of things. I, I don't have many, well, you can't do that moments here. I don't have that. There are no, we can't do that moment. They're, they're not, they don't exist. They're not out there. He's, he's probably done enough to have someone like him enough to give the Bears an impressive haul back. Like, again, that Sam Darnold trade is the thing we have to remember from a couple of years ago when everybody knew the Jets were taking Zach Wilson or at least taking a quarterback. Yeah. They still flipped him for a second, a fourth, and a sixth. And on every single day of the week, Justin Fields is better than Sam Darnold. Every single day. There might the, be an uh, offensive so, coordinator somewhere in the league looking at Justin Fields and go, man, I hope the Bears are willing to move off of him. Yeah. Because we are that one mobile, new-style quarterback away right. from getting this thing done here, from propelling ourselves from where we're at now. He'd be worth three victories to a team. Yeah. I'm hoping there's somebody out there that thinks that. Only because, not because I want him gone, only because I want the Bears to have more options. Yeah. That's it. That's why. Uh, I mean, he's he's still not throwing for 200 yards a game. Right. It, it, it's just, he's got oh. 2,100 passing. Or granted, he missed a couple of games. He's got 2,100 passing yards. Let me go into my magical valise. I want you to look. These are the predictions for the year. And I've got the numbers at the bottom. Bears 9 and 8, right? And they're not going to get to 9 and 8. They're not going to get But I've got Justin Fields' numbers at the bottom. You've got 3,400 yards passing right. and 1,000 yards rushing. Right. He's not going to come 28 close. touchdowns. 28 throwing. touchdowns. Throwing. Is he coming close? No, he's got 15. He's not going to get there. How many rushing touchdowns do I have? Uh, 10. You had 10, How yeah. many rushing I, touchdowns does he have? I believe two. Is that right? Is he had two? So he's um, had 17 total touchdowns, and I predicted 38 total I, I'm touchdowns. I'm sorry, he's got three this year. Excuse three. me. Three. Yeah. So it's 18 total touchdowns. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How many uh, rushing yards? He has... He's got to be uh, 500, 600 uh, rushing yards. He's got 585 rushing 585, yards. 585, right, in mm-hmm. passing yards? A 2146. 20, I think he's falling short in a lot of areas on what my predictions were. And the type of improvement I thought I was going to see. I didn't ask for 300 yards passing a game. I asked for 200 yards passing a game. And he's not even doing that. Now, he missed some games. Though. He did. But, but Remember that. You missed some games. So it might be up there a little bit more than we think. But it's still 195 passing yards a game. Okay. Well, he's almost at 200 yards then. He was almost going to make it. He was almost going to get there, Carm. 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. So at least in the passing yardage, he was somewhere near it. He's not there in the touchdowns, that's for sure. Not even close. And did you see my playoff teams that I have? My little thing? i got to see how I'm, I'm doing. Gonna, I think I'm going to get 9 of 7. Hey, huh? that's 9 of uh, 14. I saved that sheet from the beginning of the year in my, my little valise. The Jets aren't going to make it. Bag. No, Jets are out. Cincy's probably not. But no, I don't, I don't have Cincy. Well, Joe Burrow obviously yes, getting yeah, hurt. Yeah, well, that kills it. I yeah, mean, who sure. else did I have? I had the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. Who else did I have? I had Baltimore. Uh, Jayville. 
Right, Jayville's probably going to get there. Uh, Kansas City, boy, yeah. we got to get talk about them. My God, yeah. Vegas has an outside shot still, but right, and go to the NFC. And you got Philly and Dallas, boom. Detroit and the Bears. Nailed it. Uh, not that one. Detroit's going for sure. Detroit's I had the division sure. winner. Yep. I got New Orleans in the South. Saints are out. I think right at this point. Although that division is ugh. it's it's horrible. It's horrific. That's horrific. And then you got the Niners and the Rams. You were all over the Rams. I didn't think the Rams were going to be this good. I thought the Rams were going to bounce back. The with whole healthy defense players. changed over, and yeah. you know I just. I didn't think they'd be they very good. They still got Aaron Donald. Yeah, they, but they I, still have Aaron Donald, even though he missed the game because they hit. But I didn't know uh, Paku Nakoya. Puka Nakoya. Uh, Puka Nakoya was going to be that good. He's been great. And yeah. Stafford's been pretty good, especially yeah. lately. Well, he's and he's always been week. pretty good. He's always been pretty good, Carmen. Yeah. yeah. I got something to share with you about Stafford. Go to the audience, then we'll come back. All right. Walt's in Bloomingdale. What's up, Walt? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, listen, I got this uh, take on Justin Fields, right? So I was in the camp where I wanted them to draft a quarterback number one. I'm changing that a little on two conditions. I would like them to keep Phils under two conditions. You bring Frank Reich in to be the offensive coordinator. I don't know, Walt. That's been his last year and a half. Hear hear me out. And then then number two is you draft one of those second-tier quarterbacks like Pennick Jr., Sure. right? You draft one. Guys, for sure, you keep Bills around until he proves under a really great offensive coordinator that he can't do the job. So that's my point. All right. Well, thanks, brother. We appreciate it. They might go the option of finding one of the quarterbacks later. We've talked about that. Like this dream scenario that they actually hit on one that they draft a little bit later in the second, third, or fourth round. Wouldn't that be something? Aren't they finally due to luck themselves into one of those? Uh, Jeremiah's in Plainfield. What's up, Jeremiah? Hey, what's up, guys? Carmen, uh, you're, I've been waiting all year to call you guys. I've been holding my emotions in. I said I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, and now here it is. All right. I'm listening to the stats you're throwing out at Justin Fields, and I hear the case you're making, but you guys cannot just tell half the story when it comes to Justin Fields. Darnell Mooney, if you replace him with Marvin Harrison, that is adding 50 to 75 yards to Justin Fields' game every week. Darnell Mooney is the Zach Levine of the Chicago Bears right now. You get rid of this guy, everybody is going to get better. Everybody's numbers are going to go up. That's all I have to say on that front. Okay. All right, uh, Jeremiah. I don't know. I mean, Darnell Mooney had 1,000 yards a couple years ago. Like, I don't think Darnell Mooney's a slouch. Now, is he Marvin Harrison Jr.? No, No, probably not. When Darnell Mooney goes to Kansas City next year, I I guarantee he gets 1,000 yards. Yes, I don't know, Jeremiah. I'm not so sure that, like, he's the Zach Levine. Uh, you can't keep saying that there's no weapons here for Justin Fields. Like, that, that that's just not true. They addressed their offense in a major way last offseason. Remember what we kept saying? Now, is it enough? Probably not. And they're going to address it this offseason, too. They'll continue to. But, like, everything was about eliminating excuses for Justin. Um and it's not always perfect. And, yeah, there are drops, and every quarterback has to deal with drops. You know, Justin's numbers two weeks ago against Cleveland would have looked better if Robert Tunyon can hang on to a football. Absolutely. You know, like, so that's true. Yep. But that, that's every quarterback is going to fall victim to that from time to time. But uh, well, Aaron Rodgers had it with Christian Watson. Sure, he had it at times I mean, last bas- year, they bas- especially yeah, early on. They basically lost the game because he couldn't catch the bomb that was thrown to him. But I don't think you can, like, can, we can't just make an excuse of, well, he didn't have anybody to throw it to. He doesn't have any weapons. I don't think that's really true. And Darnell Mooney was a 1,000-yard receiver two years ago. I don't think he's a slouch. Yeah, you know, they won the game, too, with no Cole Komet and with the other guy being hurt and banged yeah, up. Yeah, DJ was banged up and Komet didn't play the second yeah. half. 
Yes. And that's probably why the numbers did look worse. And it, it looked bad in that second half against the worst passing defense and one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Calvin Johnson, Cooper Cup, Puka, Nakua. Nakua right? Yeah. Three guys all going to set records. They've all set records, right? Who's their quarterback? Matt Stafford. So for everybody that wants to bust Matt Stafford's chops ever, Matt Stafford can throw the football. Yes, he can. That's what he can. He can throw the football, and he's won a Super Bowl now, which has gotten that kind of moniker off of his back, yeah, too. You're right. Nobody should ever complain about Matt Stafford. You know how many 4,000-yard passing seasons Matt Stafford ten. has in his career? He's got to have 10, right? Ten. Maybe I'm more. 10, yeah. 312-332-3776. If you want to ring us up, we'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Uh, Yurko and I made a bet over the weekend. I thought it was worth 25 bucks. Yurko talked me into Puka Nakua for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, even though C.J. Stroud's a pretty overwhelming favorite. But if he doesn't play... The next two weeks, right. which, I mean, he's got impressive stats. 20 touchdowns, five interceptions, 3,500 yards. Yeah, and that team is kind of like in, hanging around in the playoff mix right. because of him. Right, I, I get it, and I understand, and I, I wouldn't argue that. But if but he only he's plays, missed two games. Right, if he only ends up playing 13 games. Right. He finishes with those stats, and you've got a wide receiver that sets the offensive, uh, the, the, uh, the, the wide receiver rookie record for passing yards. Yeah. He's got 1,300 yards. You realize 1300 that? 1,300 plus. He's, he's probably going to finish with 1,500 and change. probably is. Maybe 1,600 yards. Crazy. He's number four in receptions right now. It's crazy. I mean, it's number four in receiving yards right now. And, you know, he's missed games, so he's not going to get to 1,000. But, like, if you extrapolate Cooper Cup's numbers, he'd be a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah. Puka's going to go for, like, 1,500. Yeah. Like, Stafford's going to go probably over 4,000 yards for the 10th time in his career this year. Yeah, and he'll probably settle in at 4,400 yards. That's probably where he's going to settle in. 4,400 yards again, which would be his 10th year. So what did we get? 4,000 plus yards. What did we get Puka at? Six to one. Six to one. It was eight to one when I started playing the stimulator golf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, eight to one when we started. By the time I got done, an hour and a half later, he was down to six to one. Damn. And when I started... Minus 2,600 for C.J. Stroud when it was over, minus 1,500. Yeah. So the odds there are changing, and you've seen it with the MVP, the NFL MVP. It's crazy. You've seen it swing. The crazy. pendulum is going all over the place. Think about, like, the last five weeks yeah. how much it's bounced all over. Royce right. is in Belmont Heights on ESPN 1000. Hey, Royce. Hey, fellas. Yerk, uh, Carm, uh, the good kid keeps talking about how if – in fields can be Lamar Jackson. Yep. And I'm over here thinking, hell, I, I, I would want Justin Fields to be like Jordan Love this year. Jordan Love has almost 30 touchdowns, almost 4,000 uh, 4, passing yards, a better QBR, and I understand Justin Fields missed four games this year. Why are we compared? I mean, I know that's a good kid's opinion, but I would take comparison to Jordan Love this year. Lamar Jackson is out of Justin Fields' league. Mm. All, All right, right. Let's, let's do fair. Jordan. I'm Thanks. with you. I'm not against doing Jordan Love. First-year starter, third-year pro, started 16 games. Um, He's another one with a quarterback rating over 90. It's significantly better than Justin's. I'm looking for it right now. Yeah, 91.8. He's probably got a better play caller, which helps him. He's got a career 90.1. Well, I told you. I told you, Luke Getz, he's not going to be long for here. That's just me, my personal thought. I don't believe he's going to be long for here. Yeah, 35-87, Carmi. 7-8 as a starter. 
3587, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Yeah. I wish Justin's numbers looked like that. I, I really do. Is that. It's not too much to ask, right? I you wish know, they look like out that. of sight, out of mind because they've been playing wonderfully mediocre football up there. Yeah. I mean, they are seven and eight. They got their seven and you eight. You can't deny what they are. They are seven and eight. They're a wonderfully mediocre football team, but they're in the hunt. I need them to I win th- just one of their last two to hit their over. I didn't think I was going to hit that. So like in October, yeah, somebody asked me with Green Bay, uh, you know, what do you think about the playoffs? What do you think about the playoffs? They asked me about Chicago. I go, you got two teams that are at eight and six. And that's Seattle and Los Angeles with Dallas already at 10. If they win one of their last two games, they get to nine, and there's no way in hell the Bears are going to get there. Mm-hmm. And there's so many teams at seven. It's crazy. So many teams at seven that have to get to nine to have a chance at a tiebreaker that I even think Green Bay's chances getting into the playoffs are slim. Same thing with Minnesota. And I know that doesn't make Viking Scott feel very well after what they were oh, for their a last while. two weeks. Come on. Oh, they've been abysmal. Uh, come on. Been abysmal. The Vikings, Packers, Falcons, and Saints are all seven and eight. Then you've got the Rams and the Seahawks. I think eight, you just eight, said this yeah, at eight, eight and seven. seven. Eight and six or eight and seven? Eight, eight, and, seven. eight and seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Two games eight and seven. left. Uh, let's go to Tom in Toledo. What's up, Tom? Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to me again. Uh, sure. We talked about six weeks ago about how is it either Fields or is it Geffy? Uh, which one, in your opinion, has a better resume? I mean, I would like to see Getsy gone. The play calling to me has been abysmal. Uh, and I think if you look at resumes, Fields is, is much better. Give him a good offensive coordinator, a couple more linemen, and I think we'll be good to go. Yeah, it'd be nice if Mike McDaniel was the play caller, wouldn't it, Tom? I don't disagree with you there. <laughs> you know, They could have done that two years ago, but they didn't. Yeah, I don't think Luke Getze had a very good day Sunday, do you? The end of the, ha- the, end of the first half was bad. The, the Wildcat snap to Roshan. I guess you could argue if Robert Tunyon does his job. If he makes that block. Makes yeah. a block, like they get you it know, easy. W- but When coaches argue about execution, I you, know, know. you hear that. Tunyon missed the guy in the goal. He missed him. He's right there. You went right there. What are you doing? You completely Carmen, even if it's not your assignment, right? Even if it's not your assignment. Oh, that's not my. It doesn't matter. Or do you think that's a possibility? It wasn't. Your assignment is what's the most dangerous. You're going to block somebody and somebody breaks through. You've got to go get him. I mean, if Tanya gets that block, yeah. that's an easy first down. Exactly. You've got to get the most dangerous guy. I'm going to get my guy, but if something breaks free, I've got to handle that before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If this, then that. Yeah. You know, if the play's perfect, I go get my guy. If it's not blocked perfectly and there's a free blitzer coming, I've got to stop what I'm doing and I've got to pick up the guy that's the immediate, the immediate threat. The immediate threat, and then my assignment. I think about plays like that and what you say about film room with coaches always. Yeah. Like, that's one where... Right. That's the, it right there. And, 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 and Luke Getze, like, takes it in the teeth, and he's got to wear it. What a terrible right. play call. And he's probably looking at the yeah. tape going, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I mean... It's a great play call. It's the perfect play call it's unbelievable. if Tanyan picks up his block. So I can imagine what that was like in the film room. Let's go to Tom and Oakland on the southwest side. What's up, Tommy? What's up, guys? And... To kind of piggyback what uh, Yurko just said, that's correct. I mean, they they taught my son over here that in JV. They went up against a team that was blitzing, and they pretty much told them, okay, if that kid, if that kid is blitzing, he's the immediate danger. Mm. You need to block that kid. And, and then the tight end has to block the uh, the defensive tackle. Yeah. So so he is correct. That should so, be basic stuff, right? Way. Yeah, yeah. Basic stuff. But um, to, to, get, to get on why I called, so... I saw the whole tweet about comparing Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields things, stats and everything. And it's just, it's, it's more, 
you can make stats look any way you want. I mean, part of it is because, um, you know, most of those stats is Lamar Jackson this year throwing for over 3,000 yards along with doing it with his legs. That's how he's getting the 4,000 yards where most of that from uh, Justin Fields is him running the ball last year over 1,000 yards and just throwing for over uh, 2,000 yards. Plus, I hate this whole let's compare the total yardage thing. I mean, that works well if they're running backs, but they're quarterbacks. They're not supposed to be running the ball constantly. They're supposed to be throwing it. And then the other thing, then my last thing is, the one that really peeved me is when people were putting up the video of Patrick Mahomes when he throws the interception, and they're like, well, when Patrick Mahomes throws a terrible interception, everybody just, you know, gives him a pass. But when Justin does it, they, like, crucify him. And it's like, what are we doing? Are we comparing Justin Fields to Patrick Mahomes, who's won the MVP twice and the Super Bowl twice? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, Fields has to kind of earn that before he – Mahomes has kind of earned getting a pass. You don't take the job with the benefit of the doubt right away. You know, you don't get the job with the benefit of the doubt. You have to earn the benefit of the doubt. That's the way that goes. Here's the other thing that chat my ass about the Bears last week. Third and three, third and two. Mm-hmm. They come out with a defensive formation that had the defensive tackles over the offensive tackles. Nobody covering the center. Nobody covering the two guards. Linebackers were kind of scrunched in a little bit, so they were four or five yards off the ball, right, inside. And your defensive ends were lined up outside of your defensive tackles. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've got five guys blocking four in this situation. Even if you slant your two tackles inside who are lined up on the guard, if they get one step in, you still have a big void in while your guard, your center, and your guard get to run up. Next level. Get to run up to next level. Okay? You were beat by alignment. Mm. And it wasn't like it was third and 12 where you can give yourself a little bit of a cushion if you want to try something goofy. It was third and three. Dare I say third and two and a half. Now, that's the kind of alignment that makes me scratch my head and go, who in the hell is outthinking themselves and right so now? So you think that's a Getsy problem? Yeah, no, no, not Getsy. This one is the defense coordinator's problem. Oh, this, this is, is uh, an Eberflus problem, yeah. Who the hell oh, made that this alignment? One of their defensive alignments. I yeah, Bears, Bears defensive gotcha. alignment. This is what they did. Now, they got the first down easy. It wasn't even difficult for them to get the first down mm. because of alignment. You were beat by alignment. Hmm. It was silly. It was dumb. Dumb. I saw it. I'm like, what in God's name are they doing? I'm screaming at the TV. Peggy thinks I'm going crazy. <laughs> All right, we'll grab some more of your Bears calls. NFL talk uh, coming up here, 312-332-3776. We'll cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie at 2. Dion's actually in with Sylvie today. So Waddle is out, so we'll chat with them a little bit later on. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. And Scott to the left. Top of the field right, DJ Moore. Third down and one. Shotgun directly into the hands of the running back as Justin goes out to the right side. And he'll get close to a first down. Is this going to be a measurement here? Or is this a first down? Is it a chain move? No, it's short. Right. And they did not get the first down on that run up the middle on a Wildcat direct snap. Tackle made by Collins and Thomas to DJ Moore. It is fourth down and one. 
Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, right here in your home for the Bears, ESPN Chicago. You heard the Boo Birds out. That's the play we were talking about. They got a little cute, but at the same time, like Yerko said, when the coaches are reviewing film and the players are in there, uh, it's a big minus for Tunyon. That, that, that's a big minus. Yeah. You whiff on a block, you get it. You get a piece of the guy, it's an easy first down. That's right. So, I, I don't know. What's, it, it's, to me, I see them in real time, and you go, oh, what are you doing? Are you getting cute? And then you watch the replay, and you're like, hey, 18, how about block somebody? Anybody. Yeah. How about block the free guy? Yeah. That just met your running back in the hole. Yeah, at least, he, at least he didn't drop the bomb this week. Oh, you know? not on. Just totally whiffed on the play. My God. And again, even if that's not his assignment, immediate threat takes over. When you have an immediate threat, you throw your assignment in the garbage and you handle the immediate threat. He's a veteran player. He's been around a long time. Yes, yes. You know, those are plays that need to be made. But maybe it was still a case of Luke Getze outthinking himself or getting a little bit too cute. The end of the first half was, a, a bit of, I thought, an even worse Indictment, maybe, on, on Luke Getze uh, and some of the things, some of the decision-making and the play calls, especially considering how effective the Bears ran the ball for most of the game. 3-1-2-3-3-2-3-7-7-6. What did you think about the interception? Justin Fields' interception that he threw. Did, was that not on him? I, I thought that was a bad throw by Justin. I, I thought it was a bad throw also. If he throws the ball to the back pylon yes. or anywhere, you know, take him toward the end zone. He didn't the really corner give of the end zone. Khalil Herbert a chance. It was Khalil, right? Uh, yeah, it was Herbert. Yeah. It was Herbert. He didn't really give him much of a chance. Right. He, he was going to force him to flatten out. Yeah. And flattening out is where the defender was. Yes. If you forced him deep, and he said in the postgame interview that he wished he would have driven the ball harder. Either you know, that or, like you said, floated up that there. ball should go to the pylon. To the pylon, yeah. If that thing's about four yards to the right yeah, and a little bit deeper, I think that's the throw that needed to be made. Yes. That was a bad one. Yeah, that's bad. Well, Justin's fourth quarters have been uneven, to say, to put it, you know, and God forbid, you, you know, the six, hive comes after you. But six, it's been you uneven. Never care about what the hive does. I don't care one right, bit. That's my point. I don't care what the hive does. But uh, it's Secondly, just reality. It's the sixth fourth quarter interception leads the league. Mm. Wow, I don't think I even realized that. Yeah, they said it on the game. That's how I know Did it. They? I don't even yeah. think I heard that. <clears throat> well, you're probably so disgusted you go get something. <laughs> I was. I was like, you got to be kidding me with yeah. that throw right there. Especially after the long run to get down to the third. I know that was on that third down that kept the drive alive. You know, hey, congrats to the guy that hit the big parlay. Now, you know, I don't like betting parlays, but oh, every once in a while, who put one out a there? A story's too good to be true. Did you see this guy? No. Yesterday, the, what the, the McCaffrey touchdown did for him, York? No. What did he do? Fourteen leg parlay, five dollars paid, uh, almost five hundred thousand. It's almost a uh, thousand to one odds. Paid him uh, four hundred eighty nine thousand. You're, you're hardly ever going to hit those, Carm. Well, yeah, it's pretty rare, you, right? You hardly have. I mean, the odds are a bit, that basically are hundred thousand to one, right? It was hundred thousand to one. Yeah, but I can lose five dollars a yeah. little more readily than I can sit and make fourteen one hundred dollar payments. And if I go three and eleven, true, I'm getting shellac like there's no tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I got to come with eight. I got to come up with uh, nine ten. The next day That's right. to pay my bookie. That's right. So he made a parlay on touchdown scorers in week 16, York. You ready? Yeah. So he had Najee Harris, mm-hmm. Gabe, uh, Gabe Davis, Jameer Gibbs, DK Metcalf, Jerome Ford, Chris Rodriguez, Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, James Conner, had a touchdown in the Bears game, yep. Raheem Mostert, Javante Williams, and Isaiah Pacheco. Those 13, uh, I'm sorry, and DeAndre Swift. Those 13 had all hit going into the final game of the weekend. Last night, he needed Christian McCaffrey. 
And if you've ever felt great about a parlay with all that, you're like, man, Chris McCaffrey scores every week. And, of course, McCaffrey scored. He hit all 14 legs. He cashes $489,378. His name is Travis Duffner, and he made the bet, I believe, on DraftKings, if I'm not mistaken. Is that Jason Duffner's caddy? Uh, that's no, funny. I thought the same yeah. thing is he's related to Jason Duffner. Duffner. So congrats, and that's a that's a holiday. That's a festivus miracle. Yeah, that's fun. Fourteen leg parlay. And let me tell Pretty you, awesome. Uh, Pacheco looked like he was going to get in early, and finally ended up scoring a touchdown late. Mm-hmm. And Pacheco had gotten in, and they called a penalty or something. There was a penalty. Same thing Correct. with Swift. Uh, yes. Same thing with Swift. Yes. And they called his knee down after it looked like he had gone in, and he got a touchdown late. By the way, both guys scored to beat me this week in fantasy. I had uh, McCaffrey going against Swift and Pacheco. I had a four-point lead. It ties 108-108. At the end of the night last night, I lose because Josh Allen had 26 and my highest-scoring player had 22. Uh, Lost in the playoffs. 13-1 year. 13-1 year. Lost to a guy who was 14-1 because he had to play the extra game last week. He had to play an extra game. Oof. Tough one. That's a tough one. Hey, life goes on. I got I, I, all the juice got came out of my players. I couldn't have changed my lineup. There was nothing I could have done. Mm. I played what I had. Keenan Allen was hurt. You know, I played what I had. Everybody I had was yeah, there. Joe Allen's Burrow was hurt. I played yeah, Stafford. Sure. I did. Hey, Stafford nobody had a good week for nobody. You. He did. Nobody cares about my fantasy team. I get it. Nobody cares, right? No. no. But but that's a tough way to lose. I, I put in what my perfect lineup would have been for today. I tied 108-108. I lose. That is a tough way to lose a playoff Last game week on a bye, I scored 132. Oh. Right, on a bye. And I, you know what I said last week? I'm just going to come back to haunt me. Oh, man. This will come back to haunt me. Save some, boys. And Save it did. Some, and yeah. it did come back to haunt me. 312-332-3776. we got more Bears and NFL calls. Sit tight, guys. We'll grab some of your... Thoughts coming up here. I got an hour to go, and then we're going to cross talk with Dion and Sylvie. Dion Miller's in for Waddle today with Sylvie. They'll get you home two to six. It's Carmen and York. We'll be back in two minutes.